Welcome to episode 76 of the Gamboss Podcast. I'm your host, Eric, and this is my co-host... It's Christian. On this week's episode, Christian and I watch the new movie, Lovebirds, and we are going to be filling you in on generally what we've been uh, watching and reading this week. But first, Christian, you and I both watch Lovebirds now. This is a Netflix original, right? Yeah, so this was something that was supposed to come out in theaters, I think, either this week or very, very recently. And then it got, like, indefinitely postponed, and then eventually Netflix just scooped it. And uh, so, yeah, it came out on Netflix about a week and a half ago, I think. Okay, so this was one of the COVID uh, movies supposed to come out during COVID and actually came straight to streaming. This is directed by Michael Showalter, who also uh, worked on The Big Sick with Kumail Nanjiani, who also stars in this, and uh, also stars Issa Rae. What is the premise of this movie? So the premise of this is essentially, uh, it's, it's another movie where it's like these two people get wrapped up in something way over their heads and so they have to try and like solve a crime by themselves they are implicated in the like the murder of this guy on a bicycle and they so instead of going to the police they try to make a break for it and solve the murder themselves so that they can clear their names yeah this movie reminds me of a mashup between Stuber and Murder Party or Murder Mystery, <laughs> which was another Netflix one starring Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston, who are a married couple who got caught up in a uh, implicated in a murder, and they're trying to find out the real ones. But then Kumail Nanjiani was also in Stuber, doing like the buddy cop thing with Dave Bautista instead of Issa Rae. So it was a this was a really weird movie for me to watch. <laughs> Yeah, so I think the movie that this reminded me the most of was Game Night, which came out like a year ago with Jason Bateman and uh, Rachel McAdams, because it was that same kind of, oh no, what are we going to do? We have to we have to get to the bottom of this ourselves before the end of the night. Yeah, I'm going to say I like Game Night way more than I like this one. I think I'm with you, although I did like this movie. Game Night weirdly had a lot of people from the t- television series Friday Night Lights in it for some reason. Like, uh, co- <laughs> the coach was the... I can't remember his name. I haven't watched Friday Night Lights in so long. But the the main coach and uh, Landry <laughs> were both in that movie. <laughs> okay, so this... So, you're right. These So, these guys are in Over Their Head. This, this movie starts out with them following in love on what i'm guessing is their first date which i couldn't pick up because they he was coming out of her building like implying that they had spent the night together but he didn't have her phone number and it was like really weird when they first kissed and this was presumably taking place in 2016 do you think they met at a bar or on tinder like how did they actually meet because they are so awkward about it yeah i i was confused about the timeline at first i thought that like he was coming out of her apartment and then they did like a mini flashback and showed like that afternoon but that that turned out not to be the case so yeah i I don't know if they just met on tinder and he was like well let me get your actual phone number since we've just been talking on this app or what yeah i was confused by that and it and you know 
I understand why they wanted to do it as they did because they wanted the juxtaposition of a new couple that was in love versus what they are four years later, which is them fighting for literally like the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. I did really like what the initial fight was about, though. I thought that was hysterical. About if we could survive on the amazing race. <laughs> yeah, they're going back and forth, and but like they, they go back and forth like three or four times on just like, oh, I, d- I don't know why you don't like trust in us and i i don't know why you wouldn't be there when like why why won't you support me but and he's then one of them just says like i absolutely know we would never make it on the amazing race and i start laughing like oh my god i can't believe that's what they're fighting about right and it works because i think there is what it's trying to show is that there's underlying issues as to why their relationship is failing a little bit and they're using like this ridiculous premises like to show we're getting a fight over it but it's also such a stupid thing to get into like a legitimate fight about that i was i don't know i was taken out a little bit by it because of how angry they were about like i could see couples getting in fights over that but not to that extent i have i know some volatile people i guess i was playing a a game of D &D once like two years ago i was dming and two of my friends who were dating got into a real fight about whether or not they were going to drink their fake beer in the the tavern or if they were going to take it with them. I guess it does happen then. <laughs> it was incredible to watch. So yeah, like I, I, I didn't have a whole lot of trouble suspending disbelief for that, that one. The, the thing that did stretch it a little bit for me was that this was essentially just a scavenger hunt, right? Yeah. Like this, this whole movie. And at every location that they go to, they find exactly one piece of important information that will like lead them to the next location. So it was it like the convenience of the writing was almost silly at in points, but you know, it, it brought me along for it a little bit. I, and so, you know, after this fight, they, uh, they get in their car and they're driving and they end up breaking up. And as soon as they break up, Kumail Nanjiani like hits a bike rider with his car <laughs> which is actually pretty funny because you're not expecting that before it happened I was like oh is this like the reverse take on marriage story where they start out as a horrible couple and they get better by the end uh but then I was like oh no this is going in a completely different direction because I didn't I didn't look up anything about like the premise of this when I started watch before I watched it yeah, I, I had the benefit of this being a movie that was slated for the theater, so I, I had seen the trailer at work a bunch of times. Yeah, so they think they kill this guy who continues running away, and uh, a cop, or I guess someone who says he's a cop, comes in their car and they just give it to him, and he ends up going, like, hitting this up biker after a chase and, like, backing over and running over him, like, multiple times and just seeing... <laughs> Issa Rae's and Camille Nanjiani's face as they realize that like this guy is not a cop was actually pretty funny. <laughs> he runs over that guy so many times because in the trailer I think it only happens once, and you get that great shot of Kumail in, in the back seat as as he like bounces over the body. Right. <laughs> but oh man, he back and forth like three or four times. I I was not prepared for that. Uh, I also thought it was funny that like two people randomly came <laughs> and were like. <laughs> what did you guys do you know like they're trying to explain it but like they were totally ripping into i guess millennial culture i don't know what it was but when they called the cops they're like uh you know i'm not saying that he was a person of color because i'm racist because he's a person of color who hit him with the car and 
And then I don't know if you saw later on, like there is a news report and they're like, also two witnesses were hospitalized for emotional yes. distress or something. I did see that. Uh, that that was one of the. I'm not going to lie. I didn't. I didn't actually find like a ton of this movie funny. A lot of the jokes didn't land for me, but I I thought that that part was pretty funny. Yeah, that that was one of my favorites. I think I, I really like Anna Camp in almost everything that I see her in, and so I think my other favorite moment in this movie was the uh, the part where they're tied up in the barn, and she asked them if they want bacon grease to the face or to get kicked in the chest by a horse. Yeah. It's actually pretty funny when they're like they got into the argument over what is worse is the bacon grease or behind the door. Yeah, and Kumail she she says like, "Oh, I don't think it would be that bad." And Kumail's like, "You're a liar. After we break up, if you don't start dating a burn victim, I'm going to be so mad at you." Right. I have a complaint though because the whole time I was like, "Take the bacon grease. Like these people didn't tie up your legs and they're getting close. Just kick the grease on them." <laughs> and they do it at some point, but the bacon grease did not damage anyone at all. Nope. The amount of burnt, like hot grease in that pan. There was so much, dude. That you like you could that stuff does not just like wipe off like that sticks to you. The guy who got that kicked on him would have probably died. <laughs> and that's like he's. They they make such a big deal about like he got kicked in the the chest by that horse and he's he's on the ground saying take the grease take the grease and then like five minutes later he's up and moving and I'm like the horse didn't seem that bad right like he had a big bruise but if you're in that situation I mean unless the horse kicked you in the head like it could collapse your chest or whatever but I would chance the horse over yeah, for sure hot baking grease to your Ugh. face it's so unpleasant just to even think about. The, again, the only way reason you take the grease is so they bring it over and you kick it on them, <laughs> and they gotta have to kick. They have to cook the whole bacon again. <laughs> yeah, because it's largely ineffectual. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you did you notice there was a Hobbs and Shaw joke in this? I did not. I saw it in your notes. I was gonna ask what it was. Uh, I think I cannot remember if it was when the cop. It had to have been after the cop was driving because I have it in my notes after that. Um, but at one point he's like, who do you, th- oh, cause they were going to hunt down the murder or something in Kumunanji, Johnny's like, who do you think we are? Hobbs and Shaw. And I was just like, when was this movie like filmed? Hobbs and Shaw came out literally a year ago, like last July. Oh, it's outstanding. I don't know how I missed that. And it's great. Cause I was literally just watching Hobbs and Shaw like two days ago. Oh yeah. Uh, also I wanted to, do you remember this? Stuber had a Lyft share joke or an Uber yeah. share joke. And this one did too, and I was like, this would have been way funnier if it also wasn't in the other Kumail Nanjiani movie I watched last <laughs> summer. Yeah, or if they'd have made the joke and, like, the person that was in the back of the, the limo had been Dave Batista. Right, like, something <laughs> a little more to it. Oh, man. I, d- I do like those those kind of scenes, though, where it's, like, the the young new couple who are all, all over each other Easter egg turns around and snaps at them and says something like, give it four years, it wears off. Right. <laughs> I always think that's funny. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious what you thought, because this plot, like you said, it was a scavenger hunt, but the reasoning for a lot of this stuff was just so out there for why things happen. Like, did you ever pick up why there is a bunch of frat bros blackmailing congressmen, or I guess just rich people who went to these weird sex parties? <laughs> Yeah, so they, the the dirty cop kind of explains it, where he just said, like, oh, they pay me to, 
like they pay me to keep them off the police's radar, but they don't pay me enough, so I'm I'm gonna blackmail them. And then like the the other guy that was involved got the frat kids to start doing the grunt work, and this guy didn't like that, so that's why he killed his partner and then killed all the frat bros too. Okay, that's what I didn't pick up on because I was like, well, he killed his partner. Like I was like, was his partner betraying him? Like I, that's what I was thrown off by. But okay, I got that now. Creative differences. <laughs> yes, this leads to mass murder. I did think it was funny when that like he had them captured and they're like, "Look, you've killed the right amount of people. We're like enough that people that deserved it, but not enough that people think you're crazy." Yeah. yeah, and he says, "How many people you killed? Or how many people do you think I killed tonight?" And that's what he says something like, "I think the right amount." Right amount. <laughs> what I mean, a great that's the, answer. It's like that's thinking on your feet right there. You know? <laughs> uh, I also enjoyed watching them try to interrogate that one frat bro while all the other ones are getting murdered in the background oh yeah that was a pretty good scene where it's like through the doorway you just see this guy shooting them while they're like (laughs) their justification man they're like the music's too loud they can't hear us (laughs) they were it's 2020 they were playing semi-charmed kind of life what frat bro (laughs) is listening to that while blackmailing someone in 2020 oh man that's hysterical i didn't even pick up on that I, I was super convinced that once they broke that glass and then she had broken her shoe, that, like, something was going to happen. Like, she was going to get glass in her foot. And then um, I was, like, on the edge of my seat waiting for it. And then she yeah. took off, like, her other shoe, and she's walking around that room. I was like, oh, yeah, man, that's going to... Nope, and then she just puts on sneakers and leaves. Yeah. <laughs> I don't oh. like I don't know why I was super convinced of it, but I I definitely was waiting for it. Um, did you, do you think they were like a, I don't want to say realistic, I guess realistic, like, did they seem like a real couple to you, Kumio and Isa? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I drifted back and forth on that. Yeah, I, I, I thought they both actually had pretty good, like, individual performances, but I did not feel like they had a ton of chemistry with each other, mostly because it seemed like they hated each other for most of the movie. Like, they seemed like... More like brothers and sisters bicker, a brother and sister bickering than romantic partners. Yeah, I could see that. Um, <laughs> though, so eventually they end up at like this big orgy, which actually I thought was a pretty good callback to the beginning of the movie where they were like talking <laughs> about like a, an orgy versus a gangbang. <laughs> and. <laughs> and like she's like oh no yeah this is what i was talking about um but as that was happening i was like looking on twitter with like all the protests going on in america and like anonymous had released stuff like a uh is stuff that was released like years ago but like stuff about donald trump and stuff and you know it's just like a lot of like oh rich people anti-rich people sentiments going on i was like man is is this really what rich people do behind the doors like these weird (laughs) parties like it was it was such like a a weird moment of like the real world in this movie kind of converging (laughs) me looking at the same thing at the same time just being like huh this is like disturbing on another level (laughs) outside of like the weird party itself yeah and i mean the the guy that's i guess married to anna camp in in this movie they straight up say he's a senator right (laughs) And then he, he has to call her outside and be like, why did you tell them I'm a senator? Uh, I liked how they're like, do you want to do you want to be picked? They're like, I, I don't know, because they did like a <laughs> raffle for everyone to come up. And she's like, wait, can I if you're lucky, you get picked. 
Oh man. But yeah, like it's such a weird premise to the movie. Like that, that the big reveal is like, yeah, those guys, but the police are already watching them. Like, I don't know. Like it's, it's such a weird background to me. Like this is, I think the part of my problem with the movie is it just, everything just seemed to kind of happen and it didn't feel like a cohesive story to me, or I guess a, a believable or likable story. I, I, I'm not entirely sure. Like something about this movie just did not hit with me. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it, it was just kind of a scavenger hunt. They just jumped from one thing to another without a whole lot of narrative holding those choices together. Um, I mean, the the interesting, like, turn towards the end was that they were never suspects. Right, like, that was a good, like, reveal because I, like, it was ten minutes left and I, I was sitting there thinking, like, where are they going with this? Yeah. Um, but... How weird was this? Is what I also thought was really weird. The killer has them at the very end, and randomly, like they touch a nerve because his wife or girlfriend left him. <laughs> Out of like nowhere, they do like two or three jokes with it, and then that was it. Like that was such a weird decision watching that because I was like, "Oh, are they going somewhere with this?" <laughs> nope, <laughs> not at all. Yeah, that is how I felt about a, a few different things: is that they kind of just led nowhere. Um, yeah, the the weird conversation about the like the milkshake. He, oh yeah, K- Kumail goes off on like this this weird rant about how they don't they they always bring you that extra milkshake in the middle cup because they made too much, but they don't measure it out first. Like like this is obviously a calculated decision, and I kept waiting for that to come back at some point. Like oh, this is going to be a metaphor for something later, but. It's it's just a weird bit that he does in the middle of the movie. Yeah, and I honestly, this might be part of my problem too. Is like I generally like Kumail Nanjiani's work, but I was very aware I was watching him in this. Yeah, like he does a lot of like it felt like I was watching Stuber. Like it's like a lot of the same kind of side like tangents and things like that, or um, Silicon Valley and those kind of things. Like I was very aware I was watching him, which I was not expecting for the. Yeah. Before I started this movie, I will say though he's looking good. I liked his beard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he certainly had his glow up. We were even talking about that when we watched it the other day. About uh, I think I think it was one of my friends said like, oh, he he grew his beard out. Like he he looks a lot different. He he looks hotter than he did. And we were like, wait, have you seen his Marvel pictures? <laughs> Right, I was gonna say because he went on the, like the Marvel <laughs> superhero diet and workout, like he he like got in really good shape. Yeah. All right, Christian, do you know how this fared on Rotten Tomatoes? The critics gave it a sixty-six percent. Audience gave it a fifty-one. I I don't know. I'd probably lean closer to the sixty-six, but I definitely wouldn't really go above that. Yeah, this movie is pretty much like it's it's okay in my mind. Like it's fine. I, I I'm with the audience. I put it around like the fifties. Yeah, I I like. It was funny. I definitely did enjoy it. I just I don't know if I'm like fresh off Stuber and I was hoping for something a little more. But it yeah it. I did like it, just not as much as I'd hoped I would. Right. Uh, and budget-wise, it's hard to tell how this did because, again, it wasn't in theaters. But the budget was $16 million. Um, We have nothing to push that against to see if it made its money back or not, though, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I will say it's weird. I don't know if it's because, like, 
I'm comparing this to two other movies I have recently seen in the past year that I'm like, oh, this seems like a worse mashup of two movies that I think did what they were trying to do like a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it's just I really like Dave Bautista and he carried Stuber for me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So before we finish up on this, I just wanted to go over uh, some movies that Kumail Nanjiani and Issa Rae have been in just because uh, they've been in a fair, fair bit of things in the past couple of years. Oh yeah, they they've kind of both had like breakouts recently. Right. So, I mean, I first heard of Nanjiani from Silicon Valley, which he plays a prominent role in, and that just finished up last year, I think. Like it was a five seasons. Yeah. Uh obviously Stuber, <laughs> which we have <laughs> talked about. Uh he does a he has a small part in Adventure Time. I've heard him there and then he was in his I think his big movie uh breakout was The Big Sick, which was the story about him and his wife, right, who had cancer. Yeah, she she had some kind of like a an immune disorder, and yeah, so he he wrote the movie about how they met and got together. Yeah, and that was uh, I think that was twenty eighteen, but I I'm not positive. Did you watch Big Sick? No, it's on my list of things I want to see, but it sounds sad. But it's... I guess I know she doesn't die, so yeah. No, I I, I follow her on Twitter to this day. <laughs> Uh, so maybe no, I'll check it out. It's really good. I liked it a lot. We weren't expecting it to come to our theater because it was a pretty limited run, but it got like a, a wider push, I guess, on its third or fourth week, and we picked it up. I was I was really pleased with it. That actually makes me think. Do you think? Uh, do you think we would have liked this more if we had seen it in a theater? I don't know. It's short. It's only an hour and a half, so I feel like I would have given it credit for that, and I. I don't know. I it's always one of those things I tend to enjoy movies like this more in a theater, I think. Yeah, I you might be right. I don't know. I I was I was definitely geared up to watch this in the theater, especially since it was supposed to come out soon. And I I'd been seeing the previews at work for so long, but yeah, yeah, that's probably a fair bet. Hmm. Okay. And I I was just curious cuz it's hard to tell. We I mean, I we haven't been to a movie theater in 4 months now, yeah. something like that. Um <laughs> Okay, and then Issa Rae, she was in a series called Insecure. She was involved in, uh, we talked about a little bit, Hair Love. The It won an Oscar for, I want to say animation, but I can't remember which one. Uh, and then, yeah, I think it was animated short. Yes, that, that's right. It was an animated short. Uh, she had a part in that. Again, I didn't see it, so I don't know how big of a part. Uh, she was also in The Hate You Give, and she really started to hit the scene in, it was a web series, uh, and maybe it was eventually turned to a TV show, I'm not, a TV show, I'm not sure, it was called The Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl. <laughs> um, and then she started getting into more and more stuff. It looks like she's been in a few other things, like music documentaries and those those kind of things, but uh, those are, I think, the biggest things that I, at least I recognized from her IMDb page. Yeah, I think the last thing I had seen her in was The Hate You Give, uh, which was, what, last fall? Maybe two falls ago now. Time has no more meaning. Right. (laughs) All right, Christian. uh, What have you generally been watching, reading, playing, whatever this past week? Well, um, it seems like lockdown restrictions in our area are being lifted, but uh, your your theater's not open yet, correct? 
Uh, not yet. Uh, a week from today, as we record, as a matter of fact, we, we're opening back up on the 8th. Okay, so still still a little bit more time before getting a little bit more back to normal. Uh, what, have, what have you been consuming this week? Well, I finished my my re like my marathon run through of uh, Avatar: Last Airbender, which oh, nice. I, I literally just watched again because it was on Netflix and convenient. <laughs> I started a book, which I'm uh, like a chapter two into now, called "So You Want to Talk About Race," which is really interesting so far, and, and feels topical. Um, Did you start that? because of everything that's going on or were you reading that and then coincidentally everything started exploding i follow the author on twitter i have been following her for uh, about a year now i think after i listened to her on a different podcast and so her her book's been on my like read list for a while and i obviously this week decided maybe maybe it's time yeah <laughs> um I also have been watching Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which I heard a lot of good things about when it was running, and it, it just ended, I think, like two months ago. Uh, the, the first season at least had its finale a few months ago, and it's all on Hulu, so I started I started that, and I, I mostly like what I see so far. I, I have, I've never heard of this. What is this about? Or sorry, what is Zoe's... Uh... Zoe's extraordinary playlist about. So, admittedly, when you say the plot out loud, it's it sounds pretty dumb. But it's this girl gets an MRI and she is not a fan of music, but something in the MRI goes wrong, and when she comes out, she can hear people's secret thoughts and emotions as covers of hit songs. Eh, hold on for one second. <laughs> Uh, have you seen the Scrubs musical episode? Yes. This sounds like they took that and made a show about it. That is almost exactly what it feels like. <laughs> because ev- everybody does choreographed like dances and musical numbers that only she can see or hear. And then it's it's like no time has elapsed usually. It, it like snaps back to when it first started, but all of a sudden she knows what people are feeling. Man, that's crazy. Uh, what what uh, what network is airs this? I'm pretty sure it's NBC. I'm almost positive. Man, what uh, have have the song like the renditions of the popular songs been good? I wouldn't go that far. Okay. So some some of them are quite good. Like her her next door neighbor is really quite talented, but the. And uh, the the best friend is played by Skylar Aston, who was in the Pitch Perfect movie, so he's obviously quite good. She doesn't really sing at all. the The lead is Jane Levy, who is in one of my favorite uh, movies recently, which was The Monster Trucks. Uh, I have no Monster, idea what that movie is? What <laughs> do do trucks turn into monsters? Is that that one? Uh, a monster that lives underground in an oil field realizes that it can be the engine of a truck and so it climbs inside a, a beat up truck and they learn to control it huh i've never heard of that either also admittedly really dumb when you say it out loud but that movie is a lot of fun i've watched it three or four times is uh, that a kid's movie or is that an actual horror movie definitely a kid's movie okay i, I think, think i know what you're talking about then it's I'm, animated no but i'm pretty sure no? it's an i'm pretty sure it's nickelodeon okay i, I do not know what you're talking about then <laughs> 
What a uh, roller coaster. But she she doesn't really sing at all since these songs all take place inside her own mind and are about other people. At least not where I am so far. Uh, but the a, a lot of the songs are not great. A lot of the covers, they're all very cheesy and they tend to drift regularly in towards cringy territory. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely going to give it the benefit of the doubt and at least finish the season. A lot of them are pretty predictable. You get the, like, oh no, my best friend is in love with me song, and the uh, I now have secret information about my crush that will help me get closer to him song. Uh, but the the show really takes a an interesting turn with her father, who's played by Peter Gallagher, has, like, a degenerative neurological disorder, and he's unable to communicate, but now she can, like, get inside his head because she can hear him singing. So, I mean, that sounds like a cool, like, storyline, but everything else you've said about this does not instill, like, confidence that it's good. <laughs> I, why, like, is there something here that is making you continue to watch it? Uh, I don't know. I just get invested in characters really easily. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I And also, I have heard, a, like, a lot of people whose opinions I respect have said that this show is quite good. So we'll see. I am only about halfway through the season, so we'll see if it, it like picks up and becomes something really special as time goes on. Hmm. All right. Do you know how it's faring with critics? It's faring pretty well. The Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gives it a 75. The audience gives it an 88. So I don't know if this is just uh, people really enjoy this kind of stuff or if, if it does get better. This sounds like such a weird mashup of like, the the masked singer and uh like reality show like they're trying to cover like all like an algorithm came out that's like this is how you <laughs> capture multiple age groups i don't know man i'm pro- i i kind of want to watch one episode just see, to see what it is but this sounds horrible <laughs> yeah i i described it to somebody the other day as like the mentalist meets glee yeah <laughs> oh man <laughs> Yeah, like I, I said, when when you read it all out loud, it, it admittedly sounds very dumb, but I, I'm I'm into it for the moment. <laughs> all right, we'll have to follow up with you on if this season gets better. <laughs> um, anything else from this week that you've been watching? Re- whatever. Not really. Okay. What have What have you been getting into since we last recorded? Oh boy, um, I I feel like I've with the weather turning nice i've sort of burned out on playing video games mm-hmm. so i only put like two hours into final fantasy 7 this week two or three hours and it's actually really fun and I'm, I'm going to continue playing it but i just like i can't sit and play video games for like 20 to 30 hours right now because like i want to be outside and stuff because it's actually nice out yeah uh so a lot of my i guess productivity for the show of watching media or playing media or whatever has has dwindled um i've actually been reading a lot more uh, which tends to happen for me in the summer months uh because my how where my video game setup is is like not ideal for until basically it's dark out so from mm. like dusk the the sun shines in a way even with like blinds up that i just cannot see my tv like the glare is too bad yeah um so i read a book called the masters of doom it is from 2003 2004 and it's basically a narrative history of it well of john carmack and john romero who then founded 
id software who made doom wolfenstein um and they were basically legends in the 90s and it was a really cool behind the scenes look of how like two of the most influential games of the 90s got made how crazy at programming john carmack was and how like their two personalities actually like meshed perfectly for like four or five years and then they started to diverge once fame hit and how they were at least by 2003 standards like they both never reached the heights that they had without each other um carmack since then has gone on to like found a space like a company that builds rockets and stuff (laughs) and it was heavily well Actually, I don't know how heavily is involved with VR. I'm reading another book that he appears in, but he he was influential to some extent with the Oculus, and I think they ended up getting into a lawsuit with them and Zeni, him and Zenimax and Oculus that I think Zenimax won like five hundred million dollars or something like that, something crazy. Um, but so there's like that. So he's he's gone on to more stuff, and John Romero has basically. He's been around, but he's not the prominence he was back in the day. Um, but it was it was cool. Like it was a really good book. Now, Doom is the one that takes place on Mars, right? It's like space I think Marines. it's Mars. Yeah, so I never actually played like the Doom. I've played like a level of Doom on DOS, but I never like looked into it. I'm pretty sure it takes place on Mars, and you're like a space marine where a portal from hell rips open, and you have to go through and basically kill everything. Like that's that's the game. Okay, I. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's also the game that I remember seeing clips of, like, Mecha Hitler that you have to fight. Maybe that's one of yes, the other ones. I, I don't, so I don't think that's Doom. I know in Wolfenstein, another game that they made that looks very similar, like, it's very, it's a relatively similar art style because they came out within, like, two years of each other. Mm-hmm. I know you fight Hitler at the end, and you might fight Mecha Hitler in, like, the sequel or, or something like Maybe that. I'm not positive. I remember watching a pirated copy of the doom movie with the rock and carl urban that we had bought from like a street vendor in niagara falls i think and it was so poorly filmed that like you couldn't see the screen yeah doom for a while like kind of just fell out of prominence like i knew like doom 3 came out and then I don't know if they did anything until they started like the essentially remake, reimagining, whatever you want to call it, of Doom in 2016. And then it's like, oh yeah, it's in the forefront of first-person shooters again. But it was dormant for a, nearly a decade. Yeah. And the movie didn't help. The movie did horribly. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, from from what I was able to see, it was not very good. Right. Um, so that book was cool. Uh, I'm also reading, and so why I read that book was I am reading a book called The History of the Future. It's about, um, again, it's a narrative history where like the author interviewed tons of people and he was with them for like two years. I heard him do a pod, he was a guest on a podcast. And it's the history of um, the founding of Oculus and Palmer Lucky and everyone involved in that. And so I'm only, I'm not even halfway through that book yet, but John Carmack came up and I was like, oh, I have this other book. I should go read that. So I did because (laughs) it was shorter. Uh, And it's pretty good. Uh, The author of that is Blake J. Harris, who actually, you might know this, is on How Did This Get Made's mini episodes. They have like a correspondent who in 2015, and then he eventually came back, (laughs) does like these side interviews with people involved in the movies they had talked about. And that guy is Blake J. Harris also, like the author of that. I've listened to a few of those. That's funny. 
yeah, um, but the book's really good so far. Uh, so those are the two things I've been reading this week. Uh, Final Fantasy VII, and I've just not been in the mood to watch TV. So I've been watching nothing <laughs> of anything. I don't. I don't think I've been watching anything I can really review. There's this documentary on Netflix called like the the art of design or the abstract of abstract of design or something like that where each it's like i think a total of 10 episodes or 45 minutes each where they look into a different field of art like architecture um graphic design um man i'm blanking on everything stage design things like that and it's like someone who's in the top of their field uh, and basically it's a documentary that they make with that person about them and also like why that feels important. And it's, it's been interesting. It's like nice to have on in the background and learn a little bit. That's pretty cool. Uh, but that's about it. Nothing, nothing too. Uh, I haven't really deep dived into anything. Um, oh, I also, <laughs> I, I got the Oculus Quest. That's also why I've been reading this book <laughs> about the founding of oculus and it like i was always hesitant on vr vr is awesome (laughs) that's awesome like i i was always kind of the same way like very i don't know what this is going to be like but it's it's nice to hear that it's pretty cool yeah if you like if you ever come out again uh or if i come to you you if you haven't tried it yet it's really cool like i can't do it for more than 20 minutes because it gives me a bit of a headache but like even just like the first immersive experience it's one of the first times where i've i've done something where it's not like so widely accepted like millions of people are doing it but it's not like a mass consumer thing where it's just like this really could be the future like it's that cool oh man yeah i'm gonna have to try it out at some point yeah i'm like considering learning programming for it because i'm like (laughs) i always wanted to get on the ground floor or something and like this could be it I will say that in in the at least in the vein of uh, new purchases like that, I did buy a Switch yesterday. Oh, seriously? Yep. What games did you get for it? Uh, none so far. <laughs> I, <laughs> I I bought it online, so it's it's supposed to be here by Thursday. So probably gotcha. by the time the episode's out, I should have it. But I I know I'm gonna get Smash. I don't know what else I'm gonna get. Yeah, I. I'm not a huge Zelda guy, but that's like um, Breath of the Wild is supposed to be amazing, but I, I never played it because I liked Ocarina of Time, but I haven't, and I liked Wind Waker, but I haven't liked many of the other Zeldas. I have never played a Zelda game for longer than I think five minutes. When I was at uh, a friend of ours' house, I was I played uh, it was like Zelda and the the Four Heroes or something. It was like a four player, the Four Swords one on yeah, uh, GameCube yeah, or Game Boy Advance or whatever. That's yeah. What it was. Uh, that's as much Zelda as I played. However, I feel like if I do get the Switch and I don't get Breath of the Wild, my nephew may never speak to me again. <laughs> get it for a family member. Yeah, he he loves that game. Um, Mario Odyssey, I really liked, but I I it, it's the closest I've come to like Mario sixty four of the three D Mario games. It, mm. It's very good. Nice. Trying to think like what else I, I end up buying like a game on Switch and playing it for like ten hours and then setting it down. It's my <laughs> console I use to not complete stuff. Like I try and only buy things for PlayStation that I know I'm going to complete, and the Switch is like my backup. <laughs> um, we, a weirdly good game is Mario vs. Rabbids. I think it's called. It's like the Mario and like Nintendo and Ubisoft teamed up where you're fighting the Rabbids from Rayman, and it's like a 
tactical RPG kind of like XCOM, and it actually works really well. That's interesting for a Mario game. Yeah, I, I'm surprised because when, I remember when it was announced, like podcasts and stuff were like, what is this? <laughs> and then like the game came out and everyone's like, I can't believe it works, but it does. Like, I hate the rabbits, but this is really fun. Oh man, I'll have to check that out then. Yeah, the problem, the biggest problem with the Switch is they never have like good sales on their flagship titles. So like, I had a Wii U, and I I love Mario Kart. I had Mario Kart on the Wii U. I bought like the DLC for it. It was great. I'm not paying sixty dollars again for like the same game. You know? Oh yeah, for sure. Which is frustrating. Um. Yeah, there's a lot of really good games on the Switch, though. I know my friends are going to want me to get Animal Crossing. I don't know if I can do that to myself. Yeah, it, that's like Animal Crossing is a hard one because either you're going to love it or you're going to hate it. And I know I'm not an Animal Crossing person. Yeah. But like for some people, like it's, you know, they they are invested. <laughs> like <laughs> buying a house and paying it off does not. That's like my real life. You know, like that's, yeah, I don't want exactly. that in my game. <laughs> oh god yeah that's exactly how i feel about it oh it's like there's no action happening i don't know like i i guess the last one i played was on the gamecube but that one did not hold me for very long (laughs) well that's that reminds me of a a moment in zoe's extraordinary playlist where they they're talking to somebody he's like a, a god in the game world in in this universe that they build and he basically has invented it's like second life where you're you're just like you're just in the world being normal and the the one character is like hey man i lost my virginity in this game and it it counts and then the the guy shows up and he's like hey i have a question for you and he's like if you lose your virginity in my game it does not count in real life and he was like gotcha man yeah well have fun with that man that's exciting their um switch is a really good console yeah i'm looking forward to it all right guys and now it's time for our amazon review game a uh, quick recap of the rules christian has a five-star review for a movie on amazon he's going to read it to me i will get two yes or no questions to help me narrow down what the movie is I can then guess or get two more or get I can then guess or get another review. I will then have two more questions to help narrow down. I can guess or get a third and final review, two more questions to help narrow down, and then I have to guess. Christian, I am ready when you are. Okay. I want to uh, let you know, in the interest of fairness, that this first review comes with a picture of a chihuahua with a Dorito. So this is a 90s movie. I was going to say, I don't think it has anything to do with anything. Um, (laughs) The fact that you're reading this review tells me one of two things. One, you are legitimately curious about this movie. Or two, you have seen this movie and just want to see what other people think. If you have not seen this cult classic movie, you need to stop reading this review and start watching it right now. It has the greatest movie of all time. Every single person has thought about making the world a better place by killing evil people. Also, the acting is wonderful, the plot is fantastic, and the characters are deep. Um, is this a superhero movie? No. Hmm. I was thinking Kick-Ass. Hmm. Uh, 
Just I feel like you've given me the plot of killing evil people was a huge hint. The only other thing I can think of off the top of my head is Death Note, and I don't think you would take <laughs> like the Netflix adaptation of an anime. <laughs> um, hmm. Not a superhero movie. Okay. Uh, does this involve like alien slash monsters like essentially non like real creatures no okay i'm going to need another review okay wow from the first second literally the action was on i couldn't figure out what was happening at first but eventually it all becomes clear action-packed unexpected twists symbolisms ethic ethical struggles Manic emotions, incredibly powerful bond of brotherhood, a holy war against evil. Words are tame after the emotionally charged atmosphere of the movie. The caliber of the movie, I must watch more than once to catch the nuances I missed the first time. Defoe mastered his character, and the others superb as well. Oh, um, is this the first in the series? Yes. Is this Reservoir Dogs? No. Oh, no, I missed it. Okay, I'm out. It was Boondock Saints. Oh, shoot, Christian. That's what I was thinking. Reservoir Dogs Tarantino. Shoot. (laughs) I'm stupid. I always get those mixed up in my head. I feel like it was a moral victory, though. (laughs) That's why I was even like, is it the first? Because I was like, I know there's a second one that's horrible. Yeah. That was like the movie that I think everyone loved in college, and I rewatched it since then, and I'm like, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I've never seen either of them, and it's something that, like, anytime I say that, everybody around judges me pretty hard, I think. Yeah, it was like that and Fight Club are the movie, like, people always talked about and had posters for in college, and again, like, they're both fine, but I don't know. I am really excited to hear you say that about Fight Club. What I, I think it's a little bit overrated. Yes, because I, as a kid, well, not I guess not a kid, but uh, probably like ten years ago, I watched that at uh, at your wife's parents' house in the basement. There was really? there was like a whole group of us, yeah, and it ended, and everyone was like, "Oh man, that was good," and I was like, "Was it?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah i felt very i felt very alienated saying that because it was the same kind of it 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 was already older by that point by the time i watched it right that came out in like 98 or two like 2000 like late 90s early 2000 yeah so i'd I'd already had years of people telling me oh you gotta watch fight club it's so good and i finished it it was like "Eh." (laughs) yeah like i like brad pitt and i don't know it's like one of those like maybe the expectations were just set so high after i watched it i was like it's okay Another one that people love that I didn't love the movie was V for Vendetta. Like I liked the comic, but I, I didn't like the movie that much. Another movie I haven't seen. I have a lot of really weird blind spots. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like everyone has blind you know, blind spots on stuff. It's if you're like I mean we we I watch way more movies in areas I normally would not watch for this podcast. Yeah. I, I mean, normally you just tend to watch like what interests you, right? Yeah, I just I I consume movies and TV shows like a monster, and so when I say things like I've never seen the Goonies, people are always stunned. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, the Goonies, unless you're, like, actively trying to watch, like, older movies. Like, there's so many movies coming out that are new. Like, it's hard to keep pace with a backlog as well. I ran into that with video games. Like, my original idea for, like, a thing was for, like, a YouTube channel, which then led to, like, multiple podcasts until this iteration was I wanted to do basically a visual compendium of every PlayStation US game mm-hmm. um, and see if they held up. But I mean, it's just a monumental task on top of playing the games and then oh, like God, editing yeah. and stuff. It's just, it's way too much work. And the first game I played for was this horrible <laughs> pool game. And so at, at that point, like eventually I was just like, I'm not going to like, I like the old games, but I'm going to focus on playing games on assist like this system right now. Like that interests me versus like trying to catch up on everything. Cause it's just impossible at this point. Yeah. All right, guys, thanks for checking out our episode. If you'd like to contact us, we're at Gambots Network on Twitter or we're gambots.blog at gmail.com. We also have a website now, gambotsnetwork.com, where we're posting uh, extra reviews for shows or movies or games we either talk about on the show or things that we don't actually get around to. So if you'd like to check those out, those are up there as well. Otherwise, if you are listening on a platform where you could rate us, we'd really appreciate it as it does help us with marketing. Um, Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you.